0: hey everybody welcome back to average minds i hope everybody's doing well uh i'm doing great i actually just got back from nowhere i got back from absolutely nowhere but man i need a vacation um kiwis down in florida having a good time and you know i just i mean i after this whole you know quarantine lockdown thing i really really just wanted to i really just want to you know get out and just go somewhere and relax and uh and and today our guest is uh going to be giving all of us not just myself but all of us a lot of advice and ideas when it when in regards to traveling and uh finding that place that you that you uh that you may be looking for when it comes to uh exploring exploring the world exploring uh everything around you so uh i would like to welcome our guest uh anika
1: hi so happy to be here um excited to be on the podcast ak and um talk to you guys about some traveling tips
0: thank you so much for joining us i mean i uh i know that you are a um so I, I didn't really give you a proper introduction. I said your name, but uh, basically, you know, I know that you know you are. Um, or actually, how about this? How about you? I'm gonna let you because you are you are a very eloquent speaker, better than myself. So I'm gonna let you introduce yourself. I'm gonna go ahead and give you the floor. Go ahead. Why don't you tell everybody who you are?
1: Yes. So um, let me just start with you know a little background. So um, I am a native New Yorker. Lived in LA for about a year and a half. Um, I work in the entertainment industry and in the marketing industry. And of course, like everyone else, you kind of get, you know, fed up being in the rat race of America. So one day I decided I wanted to take a trip abroad, but that trip turned into a lifestyle. So my first stop was Bali. And then I kind of ended up in Thailand. And currently I'm in Vietnam. So I guess if there's any quicker, quicker way to kind of wrap it up or kind of give a background, that's it in a nutshell.
0: Wow. That's Awesome. Bali, Thailand. I, I want to go to Thailand. That's that's my that's like my dream place. That's my goal. Before I before I check out, I want to go to Thailand. You know, that, that place is... I mean, is it as beautiful as, as people say it is? Is it as nice as people say it is? It, it,
1: it definitely is. I mean, the pictures definitely don't lie. I mean, there's nothing wrong with slapping a filter on a few, you know, different scenic images or two. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of those places where... Um, you know, the pictures you see online and on Instagram are definitely just as beautiful as, uh, they are in person. Bali as well. Very tropical.
0: Bali. Everybody wants to go to Bali for like that romantic, a romantic vacation with their significant other. And that's the place, that's the place with like the cabanas, like out over the water, right?
1: I mean, honestly, you know, when it comes to like that type of style, you can find that anywhere. Um, I would say in a, in a warm tropical setting, just because they know that tourists like it, um, but Bali, I guess you would say, is where you see all those pictures where people are taking, like, baths or, like, go, jumping into pools with a whole bunch of, like, flower petals where we see a lot of um, like, gardens or rice fields and a lot of greenery and palm trees and stuff like that, so that's where you kind of, or monkeys, <laughs> that's kind of where you see oh, a lot of the Bali shots. Oh. Yeah, so, and also the, I think the Kardashians did, like, a trip there about, like, within the last three years or so, so you know they kind of, like, I don't want to say they put it on the map, but they definitely made it a little bit more, uh, you know, noticeable to like the general public that weren't just travelers, but just like the average person.
0: Yeah, and 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 so speaking of the average person, you know, for somebody like you, I I would consider you, you know, quite quite the experienced traveler. I mean, and, and aside from the places that you just listed. You know, I'm 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 aware that you've been to quite a few other places. Like, if, if I'm not mistaken, like Morocco and I guess like like France or something like that. Or like have you been to, you've been to um. those places?
1: you know actually france is something that i is on my list of course um, i think it's so funny because everyone assumes i've been there because it's definitely one of the let's say more beginner spots to travel to just because it is so popular but no i have not been to france um, i have been to italy though oh, okay. um, italy, and okay. yeah yeah and that's the same type of same same difference i people tend to say like europe in general is like you know for a more of a beginner type traveler, just because it's closest to the United States. And, um, you know, people definitely feel like they're more comfortable there because the environment looks the closest to American culture, I guess you can say. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely kind of did like a Euro trip, you know, um, and that was amazing. Went to Budapest, you know, went to Croatia, um, you know, in like seven other countries within like a two week time frame. So, uh, Europe, I definitely enjoyed, but I'm definitely more of like the Asian continent type of gal.
0: Wow. Okay. Asian continent. Okay. All right. And uh, okay. So, all right. So let's 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 get into this. All right. So, I, I I'm let's say I'm the I'm I don't even want to say beginner traveler. I want to I'm a novice. Okay. I I don't know anything, and I want to I want to plan. My first trip, how does traveling within the United States differ from traveling outside of the United States? I mean, it's, 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 I mean, obviously you want to plan for everything, but it's not so much to, you know, book a plane ticket or, you know, do a road trip, um, either cross country or wherever you feel like you want to travel, you know, within the, within the continental U.S. But, uh, how does that differ from traveling outside the United States and going someplace that's, you know, that's different What what should you consider?
1: I mean, um, you know, I I actually get this question a lot. You know, what is what does it take and what are the steps to traveling um, outside your country to traveling inside your country? And I think that um, it really depends more on the type of person you are and how you personally plan rather than where you're going because uh, i know you mentioned before i'm sure you were saying how you know being a united states citizen like traveling from like new york to philadelphia or something like that may not seem like a big trip but for some it is if they're type a so um of course you know then traveling abroad would be a, a bigger deal but then for me um you know, me going to Bali, I didn't really plan that much. I had a roommate, I was living in LA, uh, it was a, like a Wednesday, and I literally was just like, I'm bored, I want to do something different, uh, where do people go when they want to do something different, and they're around the age of 25? I put it into Google, the travel kept on popping up. I typed in like top five travel destinations for women in their mid 20s, and Bali was one of those places. So I just kept on looking up more information and then kind of just booked a ticket. And that was all within like the same 24 hours. And uh, you know, so for me, I don't really think that much when it comes to uh, planning my steps of travel. But like I said, if I'm like in Pennsylvania and I'm going on a trip to Miami, Uh, for a special occasion like a birthday, I actually may put more time and effort into that trip than the one uh, that it takes for me to go from, you know, within the states, you know, abroad. So I think it really depends on uh, what kind of traveler you are and what type of person you are. Um, So yeah, I guess in a nutshell, that's kind of my thought process on that. But I can explain more if you want me to. But I just think you know, I just wanted to hit on that—that that it's less about the location and more about the type of person you are when it comes to organization and planning in
0: general. Actually, you know, that makes a lot of sense. I guess, I guess, the reason why I was, you know, thinking that way was because I think I, I, I was thinking I would, I'd be—I was thinking from the from the perspective of the further away you are from home. Then the more you because, you, you know, you're not around any like it's, it's like I said, like if you're in the United States, right? OK, like let's say you get lost in the United States, you're an American and all the re, like, let you know, something happens and you get stuck somewhere in the United States. Well, all the resources, all the resources are there for you to be able to get back home. I mean, number one, you speak the you speak the native language, you speak English, you know, um, and and then not only that, but for the most part, you could just ask for help you can, or ask. For help you can you can find a way back home if something were to happen or you could get a hold of somebody who could come get you you know or help you out because you are within you know the United States. The reason why I would, was considering um, that it would be a little bit more when you're traveling outside the United States is because you are not a citizen of that country, uh, you may not speak the native language, and it would be harder to 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 get you back home should something bad happen
1: yeah I mean when you put it that way, yes, there are, um, you know, a lot of benefits to traveling within your own country and being a citizen to the country that you're traveling and exploring. Um, so, I mean, I think that also kind of goes back to the type of person you are. Um, I definitely tend to look at myself as a very, like, you know, scrappy person. Like, I'm from New York. So I definitely have, like, street smarts, and I just pick up things quickly. So those weren't, honestly, concerns for me, per se, but let's talk about if we were just the average Joe, average person who wanted to take a trip outside the country. The first thing I would do would be to look for a support system um, and uh, as soon as I pick a place that I want to go. So let's say in, like, you know, the first three steps, not saying there's only three, but in the first three steps, the first thing I would do is, of course, pick a place I want to go based off of, um, you know, uh, maybe reviews or just, uh, you know, other people's, um, you know, thoughts of, like, you know, what they, of, of, like, our list on on Google of, like, top places, depending on what you're looking to explore, and then the second thing I would do is go on Facebook. Facebook literally has a community um, where you can be a part of, like, you know, a group of travelers or a digital nomad in whatever part of the world that you end up in so right then and there you have a million and one people that ask questions that are already there that are traveling there that are just leaving there and that right there can already give you a support system to honestly any knowledge you're ever kind of looking to get um and there will always you know because it's facebook and it's like let's be real everyone has a facebook all over the world you definitely start to feel like you know you're less alone just by having a social network to back you up And then, of course, you know, the third step is, you know, maybe connecting with someone or kind of going out there for a reason. So um, when I left uh, Los Angeles and I went to Bali, I actually went and I joined a program. So I joined a 30-day program where I wasn't just kind of going into Bali and stumbling there. I joined a program where um, all the women were entrepreneurs, so at least I knew that I would be of coming off the plane and meeting women immediately that had similar interests as me um and the accommodation and and food would be taken care of and then i can kind of navigate my way abroad once i've already kind of made my core group so that's my way of going about it
0: okay okay i like that i like that see and 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 that's the thing so you know you had you had uh a support system you had people that were doing the same thing that you were doing so you weren't essentially you know blind or by yourself and uh, i think that that contributed a lot to you know the enjoyment of your trip i mean would you would you would you agree to that
1: yeah 100% um i mean none of the women were american but um you know one thing that i did like is that you know of course there's a million and one programs out there but you know the women that i did meet they were women that had similar interests as me. Um, And then, of course, the main point is that they're women. So, of course, then there's the whole, um, like, aspect of, you know, being maybe a person of color traveling abroad or being a woman traveling abroad. Those are just sometimes, you know, more of a, 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 a thing to think about. Um, if you're, if you tend to be in those categories. So I think that in general, just being a woman and kind of meeting a group of women abroad definitely made me feel safer and, uh, helped me get acclimated to the lifestyle of living, you know, I guess, uh, in Asia.
0: Nice. So, um, with all this traveling, I guess, uh, a lot, you know, a lot of people would, uh, you know, think it's especially traveling. That's another, that's another thing about, you know, traveling, uh, overseas is uh, the expense Is is it How it, What is it Is it, uh, is it very expensive Or is it manageable For you know The average Joe To you know Go explore these Beautiful places You know Wow
1: um, I mean So you know You see so many Different stories So just to give A background You know I'm from New York City Like I've You know Kind of was living the lifestyle of being right in the middle of Manhattan. I lived in LA, like right off of Hollywood Boulevard. So, um, lived in the most expensive cities in the States. Uh, and then, of course, going abroad after that, uh, and going to a place like Bali, it was just expensive just because of the fact that I was a part of a program, but of course, um, you know, once I started living a little bit more of a local lifestyle and especially when I went to Thailand, I was floored by how cheap it was so just to give like a few comparisons, uh, let's do rent. My small shoebox studio apartment, I paid $1,200 a month for that. And I lived on one twenty fifth and fifth, so that's like right, you know, on the, like in the middle of the city, um, compared to one hundred and twenty dollars for uh, a normal size studio apartment. And I pay that a month for living in my in my apartment in uh, Thailand. So that's just to kind of wow. give an idea of the difference in payment. A beer maybe like three dollars, you know, in Thailand or. Compared to like a $12 cocktail, and you know, minimum in New York City, so that's just to kind of give like a good estimate on like the difference between pricing.
0: Yeah, I guess, I guess, living in New York, you know, it and, and actually, yeah, being able to live in New York, it kind of makes everything else seem pale by comparison financially, anyway, because I know that I know that things are pretty expensive down there.
1: But you know what's also very funny, though, is that um, I think that you also learn, um, a lot of people think that, you know, you're going to, like, this third world country, and, you know, you're probably, like, living in, like, the woods, but, and, you know, they have malls there, they, you know, they have, like, you know, the same type of, uh, like, services, like, you know, getting your lashes done, or when you want Botox, and your nails done, it's the same thing in Asia, they're really into beauty and health, and, like, um beauty and like you know physical appearance and everything like that so you know it may be a little bit cheaper but for the most part you know it, in the way of visually and society wise they offer the same amount of things um you know there's maybe an elephant crossing instead of like a deer crossing
0: mm. how, do they, how do they treat black people
1: <laughs> you know I, I get this question a lot um they they treat black people fine you know i've never had an, issue personally now i'm not gonna lie and say i don't get stares you know uh a few times or like you know pretty often or whatever but you know um it's usually followed by a compliment of telling you know you how beautiful you look or how pretty your skin is um oh yeah i'm not gonna get that that. (laughs) which which is you know but but even even like you know i have you know some of like some of the uh, African American males, that you know, they definitely get attention as well. They're, you know, um, so I've never heard of anyone having any negative or, like, any racism happening there. Now, that's it, actually very interesting, and I was surprised by that, just because of the fact that every store you go into from Seven Eleven to Beauty Supply, anything, there's whitening cream in almost every product, from deodorant to, like, plastic to, like, face wash to, like, you know anything lotion so it's funny because they are spending their they, they they make sure they're not like getting tan when they're out in the sun and they're making sure that they um they're not getting darker and they're always trying to like light, like lighten their skin and lighten their skin yet they actually really do you know love the beauty that comes with you know um you know people of color so i think that it's more of like a, a internal like race thing rather than it being oppressed onto other races which is very interesting hmm,
0: interesting well i'm glad because you know I'm black as hell so I'm trying to go over there and have fun oh <laughs> speaking of which so i okay and this is just before i go into the next like question you know so like i know in uh, in thailand you have to have like a visa to stay there right for a certain amount of time or something like that is that is that that is correct okay so now is, okay i'm sorry for interrupting but i but i heard that there is this thing called uh, a muay thai visa
1: yeah, so, I mean, the visa situation, Now we're speaking about Thailand specifically right now.
0: Yes, I know, um, yeah, I just, I'm I not, had to bring that up, because... Yeah,
1: yeah, so, um, like I said, you know, when I, when I went to Bali, so Bali's in Indonesia, when I was there, I was only there for about, a, you know, a month and a half, and I went back probably about uh, two more times within, like, the next two years to visit, but I was never there for more than, like, two months, Um, so I just got a visa upon arrival, which means you end up in the airport and then you fill out
0: some forms and then you're there for a certain amount of days, meaning like one to two months. Oh, and I'm sorry, I'm gonna stop you right there real quick. Are you giving, are you giving like a, a, just a basic visa for for anything, like a general visa process? Like, I I guess? Yeah. Okay, cool. Go ahead. Keep going. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, no worries. So, um, so yeah, for Bali, you know, you just you know you show up and then you fill out some forms and then of course you know you get thirty days and then to extend that, then you know you can pay additional uh, payment to stay longer. Now, I don't have experience living anywhere else um, other than Vietnam, which is where I currently am because of COVID. and COVID. Um, but uh, living in Thailand, that's where I've lived for like the past year and a half to two years, and for Thailand, it's very interesting. There's a lot of different visas that you can look into to stay there. Um, And one of them, like you mentioned, is like a a visa where you can study Muay Thai. So it's either Muay Thai or kickboxing. Um, And, you know, basically you have to show up to a certain amount of classes, uh, you know, uh, a certain amount of times a week. And basically your teacher just has to sign off on it. And that allows you to stay for—I'm not exactly sure the amount of months, but um, it's definitely longer than three months. So they also have that in the way of education visa, where you can learn the language. They have, um, you know, other types of visas where if you're like retired, you pay a certain amount of money, you can also stay. Um, Then there's like the general visa, which is the tourist visa or visa upon arrival, which is you end up in the airport, you sign, you sign a few papers, and then. You basically are there for 30 days, and to extend, you're there for another 30 days. So that's most likely what everyone does, and then they travel somewhere, and then they come back, and they do another visa upon arrival.
0: Nice. Do visas? How much do visas cost? Do they cost money?
1: Yeah, they do cost money. So when you are first, if you're doing a visa upon arrival, let's say, um, and you just end up in the airport, that's free. Um, But then you have to... If you're trying to extend only for a month, and if you're trying to extend, like, one more month, you just have to go to the um, the embassy, and they give you another 30 days, and that's 2,000 baht, which is about, like, like like I think it's, like, 60 bucks or 50, 50 bucks or something like that, um, and that allows you to stay for a, one additional month. Um, but then after those two months, you have to go to the border or you have to leave the country um, and then come back in to be able to kind of reinstate your visa again. And then, of course, when it comes to other visas, they are a lot more expensive. So you're looking more along the lines of a, a couple hundred dollars because, you know, of course, your length of stay is longer.
0: Okay. Okay. So when you get, when you get to these places, uh, wherever you're staying, all right, so... I mean, I'm sure, like you know, uh, there's, there's, there's obviously there's lots of different options, um, but I mean, what have you what if you found? And I I know that you've ex- that you've tried pretty much everything, but what what do you find? or What do you like? I mean, there's what are the different? Can you explain like the different options for for I guess I want to say lodging or like where you, like, like a hotel, a hostel, or you know uh, what or, or like p- purchasing like an apartment or you know what? Can you give us like a little run through of the different. Uh, uh,
1: different type of ways to live yes yeah um airbnbs if they have those over there too yeah so airbnbs we have them they have them all over the world which is cool um now i always think that like airbnb is like you know it's always a great option when you're going somewhere uh just because you know something that we all use in america so we understand the system um and then you can also of course see the reviews of the place and like you know uh, the place of the place that you're staying, and then of course people who've been there before can kind of give you a little bit of a breakdown about what their experience was like. So that's always a good option. But you know, realistically, I. For me, like, I feel like Airbnbs tend to be a little bit more on the pricier side, Mm -hmm. Um, especially if you're, you know, staying in a nicer area. They have no problem upcharging because they know tourists are going to be the ones that are going to be booking. Then you have your option of staying in a hotel, which everyone knows what a hotel is. I don't really need to explain it. And that's most likely going to be even more expensive than an Airbnb. Um, But... You know, that's, you know, it's the price of Luke staying in a hotel. I don't even think a lot. I don't even remember the last time I did that. Sometimes I do like a staycation, but it'll be for a night or two. But then there's the hostel. So people are always kind of like, what's a hostel? Or what's the difference between a hostel and a hotel and I saw the movie. all this type of stuff? Or, I, saw, I saw the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the movie was scary. So, Everyone saw the movie and then they get scared and honestly that's all I've been staying in since I've been traveling for like the past like four years and you know I even did a partnership with um, Hostel World um, and then Love D in particular um, is a branch of uh, hostels and like they look just like hotels. The only reason like the hostel gets the name hostel is because it tends to be a space for like a hotel design where instead of all the rooms in a hotel are only booked out to those particular people, hostels have the, uh, have the option of either booking your room by yourself or by booking a room where you're kind of in a, uh, you're staying with, you know, maybe three to four more other beds in a room of people you don't know. Um, and some people find that to be exhilarating some people love to do that if they're traveling solo it's a great way to meet people Um, and then you know some people are kind of scared about it because I mean I've heard horror stories with like people like kind of you know someone waking up and then someone staring over you or someone's got their their stuff stolen you know but I think that like you again there's nice hostels which are like four star like they're they're beautiful Um, and again you always have the option to, to even room by yourself. But it just kind of also gives you the option to be more social. Um, so it tends to be for people who are looking for more of a social experience a social um, while experience. they're traveling.
0: That sounds like a social experience. Yeah. They're trying to end up like this, no, like, like the human centipede and shit. It, they're going to wake up freaking attached <laughs> to another motherfucker's no, no, no anus and shit. Hold on, time out. Have you, have you ever had a uh, a bad experience in a hostel? You see,
1: experiences, but not, not like, a, like a, no, no one like staring. Well, I mean, I, I've had like weird experiences, but nothing scary.
0: Okay. Cause I just, to me, it's just like, I mean, for the most part, you know, people, it's, it's I find it funny. I guess, you know, it's just, a, it's just, you have to be this kind of person. Um, I, I, it's funny because, you know, people, uh, get weird when you're just like near them out in public. I mean, you could be out in public, not staying in any kind of enclosed space together, just out in public and people get weird when you're around them. And then, and then there's the, then there's the other kind of people that will literally book a room with four different strangers and sleep in that room with the strangers, not <laughs> right. even knowing, like this motherfucker literally could just be like a fugitive or some shit, like chopped up body that's in the basement, very true. And it's just like, oh man. True.
1: But that's what you learn about living abroad, though. You also learn to trust people more. Um, Like, for instance, when I'm backtracking just for a quick second, when I was saying about uh, extending your visa. So when I was in Bali, I stayed there for a month, and then after 30 days, I had to leave or get an extension. So normally, I thought I would have to just take a trip to the embassy. um, And instead of doing that, I had to actually just give my visa to, like, a Balinese man, like a little Balinese man that just came and knocked on my door and I had to trust him to take my passport, like the most important thing to a traveler when they're abroad and just basically disappear on like a freaking moped for a week and a half and hope that he like brings it to the right person and Mm -hmm. gives it back to me in in this many days and give him cash And, you know, and that's how they do it there. And so you definitely just kind of learn to trust people more abroad. You trust your gut more. And I'm not saying that to say that, like, you know, kind of this do willy-nilly and all Americans are crazy. I'm just saying that people tend to, you know, trust their gut more and learn who to trust when they're abroad. Um, But you should always keep your guard up and also always keep a copy of your a copy and a picture of your passport on you at all times, just in case any weird stuff happens, but bringing it back to like being in a hostel. Yeah. I mean, I've never had a really bad situation. um, Thank God, but you know, definitely some weird ones. Um, But the beautiful thing about it is is like, I've been in mixed hostels where like I've roomed with guys. um, I've roomed with just all females. Those are things you can choose, pick and choose when you're paying for the hostels on Hostel World. And, but, you know, at the same time, you know, I've had, like, you know, old, uh, this old woman, like, I woke up out of, like, a nap, and then I, like, woke up, and this old woman was literally, like, eating popcorn, like, staring at me. Like, it was like I was a movie, it was the weird, (laughs) and also, I was kind of, like, weirded out, because most likely the people are, like, in their young, like, you know, like, like, young 20s to, like, maybe, like, mid-30s. Like, this lady was, like, 60 years old. So oh, her big in awesome first perfect. I'm like, when I'm 60, I want to be in a nice, comfy hotel room by myself. Not in this room with a whole bunch of young people. But she was, like, just, like, kind of eating popcorn, popping it in her mouth, just, like, staring at me. And then I, like, blew, woke up. Like in a sweat, and I was just and she was staring at me. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Did
0: she, did um, she, did she at least say good morning when you woke up, or did she, no? She oh, hell screaming. no! She did not speak. Nope, packing my bags. She I'm not that. Nope, like, she was just staring, nuh-uh. and then
1: you know, and then I think, I think know. another weird experience was, um. You know, when I was uh, I was in Mexico, <laughs> I was in uh, Cabo, because uh, it was my my best friend's bachelorette, but I got there before everyone else, like a few days before, and I was trying to save some money, because you know me, trying to, you know, save, save a dime here and there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I stayed in this, uh, the, the amount of hostels that they had in that particular area, it was, there were not that many, because it was a resort area. So it was like, if you were staying in a hostel, there was only like three to choose from. Um, and the hostel that I chose, it was really crappy. Like the bathroom kind of just looked like a hole in a wall and like the room was hot and like you could only keep the air conditioner on for three hours every 24 hours. Um, there was no place to like lock your stuff up. So another tip, if you are sleeping in a hostel where they don't have locks or lockers, you know, use your, um... Your all your belongings in a purse or like a knapsack or whatever, and like you know, put it in your underwear or like sleep sleep with it in your pillow and use it as your pillow so that you, even when you're passed out, you know, you have your stuff protected.
0: Okay, damn, that's crazy. I mean, these are good tips. I, I you know, you know what, I'm you know, what I'm kind of uh gathering from you know, all these experiences that you're telling me is this, you know, you you, it seems that you have grown a lot. Uh, from your traveling experiences uh, as a person, uh, your you know your situational awareness is, seems to be pretty pretty spot on. Um, you know you, you don't allow you know uh, just not not knowing in, or uncertainty to to cripple you and your ability to thrive in, in unfamiliar territory is, is uh, actually pretty impressive. Yeah,
1: thank you. I mean, uh, like again, like I think that um, you know it's something that. Some people are just born with, like, or, like, you know, kind of in the way of, like, where they've grown up. So I definitely think that being a New Yorker, you tend to always already be a little bit uh, more. Your p's and q's, just because you're always around a whole bunch of people, uh, or being in a subway, so you kind of just kind of know what's going on around you. Um, So I feel like it, it wasn't so weird, but I definitely feel like I learned a lot just you know being abroad in general. And I I also think that another point that I would like just quickly bring up is just you know you may not always be in a place where, like you said, you speak the native language and. You may not have internet service because everyone always thinks you know I can grab my phone and I can put my GPS on or I can like go to Google Translate or something like that. And guess what? You may you may land somewhere and it may take you about you know a good hour and a half or a day to get to an ATM where you can even that you trust to even purchase to even take out money to purchase like a phone plan or maybe like the the SIM card they give you doesn't work. You know, Um, so you may not have internet. So it's like, how do you navigate that way? Um, and then, you know, I start to, you know, I kind of, like, learned how to, like, just tell people's tones, I, like, learned to use my hands a lot. Now, I cannot speak sign language, but it is definitely some sort of, like, hand language that I use, uh, if I don't speak the language of where I currently am at, and I need to navigate to go somewhere, or if I need something.
0: And and they they understand, they pretty much understand what you're trying to tell them?
1: Um, not gonna say that that they always understand, but, um, definitely would say that, uh, if you are patient with them, then people are more likely to be patient with you. Don't be the stereotypical like American and be very quick and be like, why don't you speak my language? Because guess what, you're not in America, so they don't have to speak anything but what they're used to speaking. So nice. I think that if you are the type of person where you, know, you uh, are able to kind of like, kind of be calm, cool, and collective, and be respectful, then people want to help you. And also, be smart about it. Don't leave the airport until you have, you know, use an ATM in an airport. I know you may not want to do that because... You know, it may be a lot more money than the one on the street, but guess what? The one on the street may actually end up, you know, having, like, a credit card reader and you may get your information stolen. So I definitely say, like, before you take off from wherever you're going, take money out before and transfer the money to the currency you're about to go to before you even get to that country. Or if you're looking for a SIM card, maybe get a SIM card when you're in that airport of where you land or get a SIM card before even get to that country in the country that you're at before you get there so it's just like thinking ahead so you don't have to even be in these situations
0: damn these are man these are amazing tips and stuff stuff i would never have thought about incredible um all right awesome so all right so uh when you when you like uh when you when you get to these places you know it's like you know you're, you're relaxing or you're you know you do work or whatever you're doing uh what what types of activities uh do you usually um are available to to tourists is it just like you know like the normal stuff that you'd find in vacation spots like i know in thailand they have like like the elephant rise now and i, and I was want i want you to see if you could elaborate on that because i know that some places don't treat the animals that, or the elephants uh well and then other places have like ele- like elephant i guess sanctuaries or farms or something like that can you elaborate on that kind of explain
1: yeah um Glad that you actually mentioned the elephant thing. So again, just talking specifically to Thailand, because um, that's you know where a majority of my knowledge lies. Um, but even just all the other places that I have traveled to, I mean, there's always shopping everywhere around the world. There's always like tourist attractions everywhere around the world um depends on what type of person you are whether you want to just kind of go and spend money i like to just kind of go walk around get lost take nice pictures for instagram so you won't catch me shopping really you'll most likely catch me like trying to go get a coffee out of like a local cafe or um trying to just just see like you know go you know maybe not get local food but like walk around the local streets and stuff like that but going back to what you were talking about and uh Thailand specific activities so Thailand is a very big country but to get more specific um, I know most people are familiar with like the islands of Thailand or maybe Bangkok which is kind of like the New York City of Thailand but I actually was living in Chiang Mai which let's say is like the Chicago or like the Miami of Thailand, so it's a little bit of like a smaller like or like a Philadelphia, you know, like a smaller city suburban type uh, area. A lot more greenery in, in uh, smaller city, So, um, in but in Thailand in general, yes. Yeah. So the big thing is elephants. Elephants are beautiful. They're amazing. Um, now I had done the elephant sanctuary thing. I think five times now to the point where when I have people visit me and they say, "Let's do elephants," I. I get I'm like, no, I don't wanna do it. And it's not because I don't love elephants, I love them, but when you've done about like elephants about four times, you know, you it's not that you ever get bored of them because they're amazing creatures to see in person, but um, you know, it's it's very hot there and you know, it's very tiring and you know, for someone who's been there uh, for a long time, you wanna try a new type of activity, so um, just kind of diving into the elephant thing a little bit, there are like elephant sanctuaries, so if you are going to experience the elephants, please go to an elephant sanctuary, and now a lot of times that there are like uh, different programs that say like, oh, we're an elephant sanctuary, and then when you get there, then they'll let you get on the elephants, if they let you get on the elephants, and this is just a fact, if they let you get on the elephants, they are not a sanctuary, you do not write elephants. Okay. The only people that ride elephants are the like most like the local ties that have grown up with like these elephants or something like that. And I don't even know if they're supposed to be riding elephants, but the only way an elephant is really allowing you to like get on their back and you where you're like sitting on where you sometimes you see couples or friends or parents or whatever and you see them like on the like in like a, a weird little like seat that's attached to their back. Those seats and like all, and, uh, like to make them to make the elephant sit to make them obedient. They're a little sharp daggers that are going into the side of the elephant to make them listen oh and to God. make them obedient. So if all, if you ever are at a place that is allowing that, that is why they are listening to like the pull, like, you know, to go left and to go right and to sit. It's because there are little sharp daggers in all the places that, um, are, uh, attached to them, which is making them obedient. So if you are being stabbed by a knife, go left or right. Would it you go left or right? So yeah, yeah I would. don't, 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 I don't, uh, support it. Um, and every single, uh, elephant sanctuary I've been to has not allowed that. Now, some of the things that you can do, you can feed them, you can bathe with them. Like I've gotten in the water with them before and I've watched the baby elephants and I've watched the big elephants. Aww. Um, and yeah, it's been really cute. Definitely got to make sure you like bathe after though. Cause you know? Well, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> not a real
0: pissing. bath. <laughs> that's not a real
1: bath. It's a, it's <laughs> a bath <bit laughs> for them because they, and they love it because it keeps them cool. They're really, really big. So, you know, it's a mud bath. So, you're like, you're either in the stream with them or you're in a, a big mud pit with them, but you're in the mud pit where they're pissing and they're pooping and, Ooh, know, and I've seen an elephant that. poop
0: on National Geographic before. i seen that. Ooh, that that poop <laughs> be coming out like water from a faucet. That shit is nasty boy. <laughs>
1: and that's exact. unfortunate and it's unfortunate but it's true um yeah and they, they 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 have they go to the bathroom a lot so that's most likely what you're playing in with them but honestly the experience is like no other and it's it's beautiful and it's crazy to be next to a creature that big um and they teach you about the elephants and you can feed them and it like you know one time i for one particular um uh event thing that i did with the elephants we were able to like walk through the mountains with them we just, so we just walked on a track with them so we were literally there's walking next to us along the mountains of Shanghai, like kind of looking over like greenery and looking over the land that they live on so that was fun but not once was i ever allowed to get on the elephant and that's how you know the place is reputable that's so cool. please spread cool. the news and i have i've literally been that girl where i've seen people take pictures and post them on their instagram and i'm and i'm not like a crazy activist. But I love animals, so I have wrote on the picture, like, you know, this is a great picture, I think it's beautiful, but I just want to make you aware, like, you know, if sanctuaries are allowing you to get on the elephant, that that means that they are mistreating them, it's not allowed, you know, and, you know, you should report them, and, like, I've literally said that on random people's Instagram before, so, and people, no one has ever kind of came back with me with negativity, they've always been like, oh my god, I didn't know that, thank you for letting me know, but... That's yeah. just kind of like a two a two piece information, and with tigers just throwing this in there. Um, the tiger thing, there's no tigers that will allow you to basically come so close to them where you're taking photos with them. So basically, any tiger sanctuary that you're going to, they're all drugs. So yeah, like I said, you know, as a rule of thumb, uh, look at it as you know, for elephants, you know, they're cool, they're beautiful, definitely uh, something to do if you go to <clears throat> if you go to Thailand. Uh, Shanghai, Mai in particular Um, but you know make sure you go to a sanctuary and you'll know if the sanctuary is legit because they won't let you ride the elephants because you're not supposed to get on them and then with the tigers then there's really no option for that so because it's just kind of like let's be real what tiger would let you get so close you are taking like a face-to-face selfie with them you know they're very sedated and drugged and you know it's, it's kind of sad but um i can see why people are drawn to it because you know you're in a different country and you want to try something cool but you know yeah it's more so like your option of wildlife is definitely to go to uh the, the elephant sanctuaries and then of course there's a million and one places in Asia to kind of experience monkeys and stuff like that, but uh, try to stay away from the tigers just because you know they don't treat them right.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know that the, I know the tiger that ate Carol Baskin's husband won't let you take a selfie with it. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly.
1: So it's kind of like you. The only, the only way you'll know if they're not sedated is if, if they basically if they basically are uh, wild tigers. But also, why would you get that close to a wild tiger? You
0: know. Facts but uh, okay so um, you've done a lot of traveling you you know you've been to a lot of places Uh, how do you feel about traveling alone versus traveling with friends
1: Um, I think that it kind of goes back to the difference between traveling alone as a female and then traveling alone as a male Um, when I first was thinking of uh, leaving to go abroad that was one of the few and like top concerns I did have was like you know How is it going to be traveling alone uh, as a female? Uh, Just because in general, like all over the world, you know, we are a little bit more susceptible to being seen as um, easily taken advantage of, I guess you can say. Mm. Um, And then also I'm tiny on top of that as well. So um, in that sense, I mean... Yeah, there were, like, you know, some... I did feel a little apprehensive about it, but clearly that didn't stop me at all. Um, I realized that there was a whole network. Like, when I started actually looking into it, there's a whole network, a whole world out there of people, uh, but women in particular, who travel solo. Um, There's Instagrams of women who who do this. There's, um, like, magazines. There's Facebook groups. Like, and the thing is, is, like you meet so many women abroad. I've I've met so many friends abroad, just whether it be like meeting a friend for a day at the beach, just by going on Facebook and being in Bali and saying, Hey, would love to take pictures with someone. And I, I'm so friends with those people. And it's been like years from now. And I've only met up with them for a day, but they happen to be a solo traveler. And I happen to be a solo traveler and you're just open. And you know, you just kind of be safe about it. You, you know, you don't meet them in a dark alleyway at like three o'clock in the morning. You meet them like, around like five when the sun's like out or when the sun's about to set on a beach in the you know, in the middle of a bar, uh, where you would naturally be by yourself anyway. And you will find that you will learn what is a safe situation, what is not. And you will make like lifelong friends in the process. Cause I definitely did. So in the comparison of traveling alone to traveling with someone, definitely suggest traveling alone because you learn a lot about yourself. Um, and it's not as scary as it seems, but you do feel very, uh, out of yourself once you've conquered that and of course it depends on where you're traveling to as well so do your research but then there is something beautiful about traveling with friends or traveling with a significant other too and having that dose in front but I do think that you tend to be a little bit more um open to the different things around you uh, if you are by yourself compared to if you're traveling with someone else you tend to not put that much effort into meeting other people because you have your support system right next
0: that's awesome that's awesome. That's a very interesting outlook, and I actually agree with that, especially the part where you said you're definitely more open to um, to trying and experiencing different things when you're by yourself because there's not that that outside influence of somebody who may not want to you know try the same thing that you do, and you' just kind of like you know when you guys are trying to you know compromise for each other the entire time you know that your guys are you know traveling together and that, and I, and I agree with that one hundred percent um. So, yeah, I
1: mean, you know, not to cut you off, but I mean, just think about it in the way of like, you know, even being in America and being at a bar. If you are, um, and being approached by, you know, a few people, now you can speak for, for men. I can't because I'm not a man. But if you're at a bar and you see a girl that you like standing at the bar and she's surrounded by her seven groups of friends, her seven, her, uh, seven other females that she's like cackling with um are you more or less likely to go over to her and approach her with you know her whole crew kind of standing there watching you possibly get shut down or would you approach the girl at the bar who's by herself maybe waiting for a friend who knows or maybe she's by herself but she's by herself so you can kind of have a little bit more confidence going over because she's so low when she's by herself I think in my personal opinion I, I definitely hundred percent am always approached more by you know males and females when I am by myself compared to when I'm with even more than one other person
0: all right well I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you so <laughs> I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna give you a little insight okay and this is this, like I said this is you right like this men think differently but all men don't think like this right so i'm I'm going I'm going for I'm not really doing this, yeah, okay, um, but like, you know, I would go for the girl that's with all her friends, and the reason why is because I'm with my boys, right, so I can't just go, I'm not gonna just leave my boys and go for the one chick, and then you'll be by myself, you gotta go for the girl with her friends, so you got somebody for all your boys, and then you bring them together, and then that way it's more likely everybody has a good time, you have fun, Once you, when you make it fun and when you make it like, when it's not a lot of pressure, then it's a whole different experience and then a lot more good can come from that than when you just approach a girl single at the bar. Granted, yes, you could do that too, but me personally, I would prefer to go for the girl that's with a group of friends because I, if I have a group of friends with me, then guess what, you know? It's like, you know, it's like opposite the track, it's, 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 uh, it's a good time because I hang out with fun people, so it'd be too easy. Um,
1: you definitely understand that, make, that makes sense I guess you're right it is definitely different when it comes to like who's approaching and who's being I guess the approacher and the approachee so being the approachee definitely definitely see like you know when I'm with my friends yes the, the guy group tends to come over but when I'm by myself I definitely tend to have a lot of people come up to me um, because I think it's a lot less intimidating but it's usually because one person is coming up not a group coming up just to me
0: exactly yeah you know I just you know I just go I mean it's, it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like a, you know what never mind I'm not even going to say I was going to say I was going to say something but I didn't want you to be upset or I didn't want any of the female listeners to be upset I was going to say it's kind of like you know like um, like in, invading a, a herd of buffalo you know and, and you have oh, to geez. yeah
1: <laughs> no nah,
0: but I'm just playing you know, I, just, love,
1: I love how you- I love how you prefaced it with, I'm not even going to say it because my woman followers and then, and then you proceeded to say it. But, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, yeah. but, <laughs> it makes sense.
0: But, yeah, but honestly, you know, just just trying to be as, uh, you know, as non-threatening as possible. But, anyways, you know, um, yeah, so, I mean, Nika, uh, thank you so much for this, uh, you know, for this interview. We really appreciate talking to you. I just had, you know, a couple last things that I wanted to hit on real quick, you know, from just personally from you, like, I wanted wanted to know, uh, what have you learned the most? Like, what is the most important lesson you've learned or what is the greatest lesson you've learned from traveling, like, in all of your experiences?
1: Um, I think that there's two things that I, I feel like is, a, is the theme that continues to pop up in, like, the forefront of my mind, like, epiphany-wise. And I think one of those things are we're not all as different than we think that we are. Uh, I think that a lot of times we all live in this bubble where we feel as though Americans are just like this or, you know, uh, people of this race are just like this or people of this background are just like this. There's a lot of stereotypes that are just surrounded, you know, that surround people's minds all over the world. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, we all eat shit sleep the same uh bleed the same and you know regardless of how far you are from one part of the globe to the other either we all you know tend to like to do the same things uh so I think that that's that's one thing I noticed that you know we're not all that different um so that's a beautiful thing and you know I think the other thing is learning how to trust your gut I think that that's something that definitely takes time Takes experiences and honestly takes downfalls and pitfalls, but you know, things, things that you go through that are hard definitely make you a stronger person at the end of the day. And uh, I definitely feel like traveling put me through a lot of like tests to kind of judge my character and uh, see how sustainable I was just being uh, a person in a new environment. And I definitely feel like when I make my way back to the states, I will. Uh, be even stronger than
0: I was than when I left. I love that. I love that. That's that. I love that. All right, and uh, and all right. So, well, uh, what's what's the favorite? What's your most favorite place that you've been so far? I want to say I want to say Thailand or a place that you live. You know, because you said you already said <laughs> it. You're more you're more uh, akin to the the Asian countries or continent.
1: Yeah. definitely would say, you know, Thailand. I do really like Vietnam. I'm here now, you know, only planned to be here for about a month. uh, But now it's going on, I think, three, four months because of COVID. Um, You know, spent some time in Bali as well. Definitely, you know, there are other places in in Asia that I always wanted to travel to before I left. But um, I think that Thailand will always be my favorite. Uh, there's just something about the culture, the food especially, and then, of course, the people that I think I personally just really resonate with. So definitely have to say uh, Thailand. And then if we're not even talking about Asia, um, you know, I went to Brazil once during Rio de Janeiro when I was younger, and it was amazing, and I would definitely love to go back. And then, of course, Italy, because, I mean, who doesn't like pasta?
0: I love pasta. I love spaghetti. All right. And then um and then I mean you kind of said there's places that you want to go that you haven't. And just what's if you could go to one place, you know, all expenses paid, you know, you get to stay there for for a month and do whatever you want. What would that place be? Um, you
1: know, what that's really hard because I feel like I feel like I would like to go to, I haven't done enough places in South America, so like I've had opportunities to go to places like uh, Peru or um, Costa Rica, but I haven't made that trip yet, Um, or like places like, you know, uh, Paris, you know, I've, I've never been there, but like that's something it's kind of like, I'm all the way in Thailand, and I've seen like places like Vietnam, but I haven't been to Paris, so um, you know, those are definitely, or, but I mean, in Amsterdam, we can all assume why I would want to go there. Oh, so, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, those are definitely some of the places that are on, on the top of my list.
0: Cool. All right. Well, thank you again so much. Um, I know it is, uh, so like here in America, we're during the day, but I know it's nighttime over there. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and, Share all these awesome trip uh, trip this trip advice stories you know everything and, and insight about uh travel uh, both inside and outside the United States you are definitely um, you definitely uh ins- inspired me and, and i and I definitely want to get out there and and, and start seeing a lot more places and seeing a lot more of the world so thank you thank you a lot for that Anika.
1: Yeah, I mean, thank you very much for having me on and, you know, of course, I always love talking about travel and
0: just my lifestyle in in general. Oh, Um, speaking of which, speaking of which, um, you can actually, I'm going to put it in the bio, uh, you know, or the description for the podcast, but you can uh, put your Instagram handle because on her Instagram, she has, you know, um, lots of incredible pictures and, and stuff from the places that she's been. If you want to check that out, you can go ahead and tell them what your Instagram handle is.
1: Yes, it's at Nika Rashawn, Um N i k a r a s h a u n. I also have a website, askanika and that's basically where you can come to see, like, you know, any of my content from entertainment. To, um, to travel, to honestly, if you just have a question about anything, you can just kind of go on my website and submit a question and, and I will get back to you in a, accordingly. So, um, you know, again, my Instagram handle is at NikaRashawn, N-I-K-A-R-A-S-H-A-U-N. And my website is www.ask, like asking a question, Nika, A-N-I-K-A dot
0: com. Awesome. And both of those will be in the description. Um, And like I said, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. It was great talking to you. Be safe and uh, enjoy the rest of your time in Vietnam.
1: Thank you very much, I will, and you do the same.
0: All right, take care. Everybody else, have a good one.